What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and this is the Hemp Resent Resistance. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, speaking flower to power for 29 years and found at hempfest.org. I am also the author of the book Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest, also found at hempfest.org. This show is a reefer radio rebellion where I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hempresent, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. Today's guest on Hempresent is Norm Stamper. Social media has been, for the last few weeks, teeming with videos of police employing rubber bullets and beanbag rounds, flashbang grenades, pepper spray, and tear gas against not always, but often peaceful protesters. This has all spurred nationwide calls for substantive reforms of the way policing is done in America. Some changes have already taken place on the local level. Today's guest has long been a leading voice for such reforms, speaking from firsthand experience from within law enforcement. Norm Stemper was a police officer for 34 years, six of those years serving as the city of Seattle's police chief. He's the author of Breaking Rank, a top cop's expose of the dark side of American policing, and his latest book, to protect and serve how to fix America's police. Stamper is a proud member of the advisory board of Law Enforcement Action Partnership, and he's taken time out to speak with me today. Welcome, Norm, back to Cannabis Radio. So much has changed since you were last on the show. It certainly has. Good to be back with you, Vivian. We have so much to cover, so let me just uh, dig in. 
you publicly stated some time ago that America needs to create an alternative to what you termed the paramilitary bureaucracy that is American policing. And you've written extensively about the critical need to reimagine policing in America and transition back to a community policing model. At the time of your 2005 book, Breaking Rank, these ideas were perceived as somewhat radical. Now your suggestions appear almost prophetic as you're just so way ahead of the curve how does this moment feel to you with that in mind? And are you at all surprised by the rapid nature of this sea change in public perception and awareness? I, uh, let me start with a, a, sort of that last question, Vivian. I'm beyond surprised. Uh, I, I have been amazed by the extent to which the American people and people beyond our borders are looking at our institution and saying, Maybe uh, the reports that have been coming out of the black community, communities of color, uh, from young people and poor people, were not overstated. Maybe, in fact, the complaints that they've had about my former institution are valid. Uh, I'm kind of blown away by that, and I'm especially gratified to see so many white middle class protesters, observers, critics uh, offering their observations and, and their prescriptions for what needs to be done. Principally, I think what does need to be done, and I'm sure we'll elaborate on this, has got to come from the community. Uh, and for those voices that historically uh, ha have been uh, uh, oppressed, uh, I think it's, it's time that they take center stage at the table uh, in this reinvention of American policing. Your most recent book was titled To Protect and Serve, How to Fix America's Police. How can we fix America's police? By creating an authentic partnership, not some PR version or cosmetic uh, incremental approach uh, to, to a community police partnership. See, I come from the point of view that the police in America belong to the people. Uh, that's a, been a theoretical proposition for all of its life. But in a free and democratic society, in a representative democracy, uh, it is, in fact, the voice of the people, uh, the wisdom of the people, uh, the knowledge that, that people have of their own neighborhoods and communities and public safety challenges that needs to be centered instead throughout the life, right now I mean literally the entire life of, of American policing, the police have been in the driver's seat. The police have set policies, procedures. The police uh, have uh, created to the extent that they've invested any time and effort into it at all accountability measures to ensure that police are functioning properly and, and behaving well. Uh, and that's just not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, I, I'm convinced that uh, really for the first time in our history, uh, the police won't have an option to ignore the community. We are beyond that stage as a result of the uh, highly visible uh, and horrific murder of George Floyd back in Minneapolis on May 25th. Norm, qualified immunity is a legal doctrine in the United States federal law that protects government officials from being held personally liable for actions performed within their official capacity. 
um, somewhat restricting citizens from suing police and police departments for police brutality and violating, violating the rights of Americans? How critical is it to efforts to reform policing that qualified immunity be amended or eradicated altogether? I think it's vital. I do believe that as, as long as officers, uh, and this has been the case, throughout the life of the institution, essentially, as long as officers believe, no matter what I do, no matter what I don't do, I won't be held accountable. Uh, I, I'm, you know, my paycheck is not at risk, my savings, my home, not at risk. Uh, and yet one of the things that we know about institutions is that unless people are made to understand that they are responsible for their actions, responsible for those consequences, uh, we will not see reform. So uh, I, I, would, I would put uh, ending qualified immunity uh, or dramatically altering its provisions uh, near the top of the list of, of, of essential reforms. One of the conditions that's been set forth by leaders in the Black Lives Matter movement has been getting a lot of attention, and that is the call to defund police departments, which is largely presented with ideas to reallocate funds from police agencies, diverting resources by investing into services like mental health, housing, and social programs. In your mind, is defunding the police a practical a practical and sensible strategy? And do you feel that the term might be somewhat counterproductive as it might imply to some folks abolishing police departments altogether? Well, let's start with the premise that, that uh, uh, a, a good number of critics, serious critics, observers uh, of the police for a long, long time have in fact suggested the abolition of policing. Uh, when my second book came out, my publisher asked me to read a book by another author, uh, Michael Denzel Smith, a uh, young African-American writer, a very astute observer and, and uh uh, a, a pretty forward-thinking individual advocated in his book the abolition of American policing. Uh, and no ifs, ands, or buts, no uh, uh, qualifiers and tricky language to suggest that, that that's not what he was really recommending. Uh, so I did read that book, and I thought long and hard about what he proposed. I'm not a fan. Uh, I think I need to say that in, immediately. I think there are, especially in American society, too many risks, too many dangers, some of them life-threatening, uh, to utterly innocent people that require uh, an armed and informed response uh, to, to a given threat. I think of school shootings. I think of uh, many domestic violence calls, home invasion robberies, bank robberies, uh, mom-and-pop store uh, robberies as well. I talk about people sticking a gun in the face of a, an utterly innocent people, uh, person rather, who has no way to defend herself or himself and, and, and recognize that that is the kind of situation that justifies the continued existence of policing. That said, I am one of many now calling for a, a radical overhaul of the institution. When I hear defunding, uh, Vivian, what comes up for me is exactly that. Let's defund the police, take all the money away from police. Uh, but I think what most advocates of defunding are, in fact, uh, suggesting is that funds 
currently allocated and distributed to the police go to instead certain percentage of those funds go to uh, uh, people who are houseless. So people who are mentally ill, people who are in desperate need of social services. And I think it's uh, long past time to have that conversation and to come up with an absolute plan to actually pull it off. Norm, what role do you think current police recruitment and training practices play in these alarming incidents of people losing their lives? What would normally be expected to be routine police encounters? You know, one of the biggest questions of critics of policing it has to do with who are we hiring and how are we training them? Uh, and that, that's, a, that's an issue that deserves very careful consideration. I don't believe it is as important as the structure and the culture of policing. But it is vital, I think, that we look at who we're selecting, how we're going about that selection process, and what, and, and what kinds of entry-level education and training are we providing. So it's important. I wouldn't put it at the top of my list. My guest is Norm Stamper. We're going to take a quick break and come right back with our second segment. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on The Cutting Edge of Cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back with Norm Stamper. Norm, Arguably, for every questionable citizen interaction with police that takes place, there are thousands of routine interactions, and there are many instances of law enforcement officers risking or losing their lives protecting Americans from harm. Is that reality being overshadowed by these select incidents of police abuse, or is there a larger crisis in police culture in general? 
Well, I think, you know, both sides of that uh, question uh, bear a lot of study because one of the things that has disturbed me uh, is that this uh, focus on individual instances uh, of, of police abuse that are videoed, we get a moment in time, we get individual officers. There are 18,000 police departments in this country. There are 800 to 900,000 police officers. Uh, and we need to be looking at the systemic implications, uh, the structure and the culture that gives rise to the behavior that we saw in Minneapolis back on, on the 25th. So I guess this is my way of saying uh, that there are wonderful police officers in this country, in your town and in mine. They have uh, compassion. They have uh, competence. They are the kind of people you want showing up on your doorstep if you're in crisis uh, and, and your life is at risk, for example. And then we have many others who do not belong uh, in a uniform. Uh, who do not belong on the streets of your city or mine uh, in enforcing uh, criminal laws and municipal uh, laws that uh, create uh, conflict within neighborhoods and communities. I'm, I'm referring here to police officers who know their authority but abuse it, and they abuse it systematically. And I think it's uh, time that we, uh, that we blow the whistle on the systems that are putting these people in place and allowing them to continue uh, to do the damage that they do in their various cities around the country. America's got a long history of citizen surveillance, and now with the aid of AI technology, it feels like we might be steadily creeping towards kind of a digital algorithm-based surveillance state with law enforcement agencies employing things such as license plate readers, automated facial recognition, unmanned drones, uh, as well as wireless text message interception. Do you have concerns that these new technologies could be abused and that individual privacy could be in threat of being compromised? Absolutely. And in fact, I can guarantee you uh, that if they're not being abused today, they will be tomorrow. Uh, such is the nature of power and authority. Uh, and in many cases, it kind of a twisted definition of the police role and the purpose of police in a free and democratic society. So uh, I'm very, very wary of this new uh, uh, or, or these advances in technology uh, that allow government to spy more efficiently, more effectively by far than is currently the case. But one of the things that I also recognize is that technology <laughs> has a, a tendency to not make U-turns. Uh, technology continues to advance. Uh, and as long as we are ever vigilant and have installed uh, safeguards, uh, I'm not, I'm not a lot, I, I'm not saying we should go back in history to, you know, pre technological days, but I am definitely saying there needs to be a very rigorous test of each new uh, uh, maker model of technology that allows uh, law enforcement uh, to spy on their fellow citizens. We have seen, I, I've been protesting for almost 40 years, marching, and I've seen some things recently with this latest Black Lives Matter movement. I've never seen before uh, chiefs uh, of police departments marching uh, at the front of marches, 
cops taking a knee and high-fiving protesters, mayors and governors coming out and and speaking out about uh, police violence. Uh, do you think that we finally reached a tipping point, a critical mass kind of, of outrage and awareness, and this that this moment might lead to the structural system, systemic changes that are needed to really see a change in policing in our society? Yes, I do. And in fact, um, I, I will confess that I did not believe I would see in my lifetime the kind of sea change uh, that we are experiencing over these just past two weeks. I believe that uh, a, a police officer, a police chief uh, who takes a knee uh, side by side with a Black Lives Matter protester uh, who engages uh, in conversation, uh, uh, comparing notes about emotional reactions uh, to the death of George Floyd, for example, I didn't believe that that would happen in my lifetime. You know, it might happen in this town or that city uh, with, uh, you know, kind of an unusual police chief. Um, but it's happening across the country. And I think it's a I'm, – I'm such a cynic. I'm so skeptical of, of uh, intentions and so forth on the part of many uh, in positions of power throughout this country. But it really looks and feels real. So the question is – how do we sustain it? And uh, that's the challenge. You are on the advisory board for Law Enforcement Action Partnership, formerly called Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Can you briefly touch on LEAP's work and why you feel it's an important voice in the conversation about law enforcement's role in policing um, and and touch on the name change? Yeah, the, the uh, I'll start with the name change. Uh, we were an organization called, as, as you mentioned, uh, uh, and against prohibition. Uh, and we are current and former uh, criminal justice practitioners who believe that the drug war caused far more harm than good, that it was an immoral war. It remains an immoral, uh, obscenely expensive war that puts frontline police officers, uh, 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 pits them against their fellow citizens as enemies. You don't fight a war without enemies. And so law enforcement against prohibition took the view that prohibition as the organizing mechanism uh, of American drug policy was a bankrupt uh, public policy that led to corruption as well as uh, major inefficiencies and violations of people's civil liberties. It also has led to many, many deaths. Uh, you don't wage a war without an enemy. You don't wage a war without guns. Uh, and, and so um, we, we've got this mentality in this country that, that we absolutely must address. Now, the law, enforce, law enforcement action partnership uh, is, is a renamed, somewhat retooled um, second generation of LEAP. And its purpose is to uh, find a seat uh, uh, at the table of the larger conversation about police reform. And as long as we were narrowly defined as anti-prohibition, uh, we oftentimes weren't getting invitations to various conferences and uh, 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 you know other social and political movements where our voice 
really should be heard. So that has been corrected, I'm very happy to say. And in a really short period of time, uh, the Law Enforcement Action Partnership is taking positions against qualified immunity. It's taking positions uh, in support of citizen efforts to uh, reshape American policing. So um, it's a very, very strong uh, police reform organization. I'm proud to be a member of it. We got a little bit under a minute before the last break. The flip side to the issue of surveillance is this current presence of cell phone ownership by citizens. Social media is flooded with phone generated videos of police interactions with black men and others. Has the presence of citizen videos in effect turned the tide in terms of public awareness and systemic problems in policing? The presence of one such phone out of the multiple millions uh, uh, you know, across this country has led, uh, it could be argued, uh, to what we're seeing today. Uh, a, a, a brave young woman uh, turned her phone on and videoed uh, Derek Chauvin's murder of uh, George Floyd. And I believe that that uh, and other video coverage of sometimes equally, if not even more disturbing uh, footage has led to a major shift, a tectonic shift in Americans' perception of police community relations. I am speaking with Norm Stamper. We're going to take another break and come back with our final questions, so don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. Oh, you got me again. All right. Uh, you got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Hey, Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know. The one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, 
back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back with Norm Stamper. Uh, Norm, uh, this has just been such a, an important show in light of what's been going on in our country uh, recently. Um, I'm just curious, is there anything else that you would like to add or leave our listeners with that we haven't already covered uh, while we still have a few minutes? Well, I first um, would compliment you. I think you're raising all the important questions. Uh, and I suppose the only thing that I would add uh, is that it's important for those of us who want to see social change uh, to be really good students of existing arrangements and how they came to pass. Uh, I think when you see an individual officer engaged in a violent misconduct, indeed criminal conduct, the tendency is to look at that and say, uh, what a deficient, uh, twisted human being, who else could do something like that? And, and the short answer to that is that if that uh, a, a behavior is observed in a public setting with a camera running, you might want to be asking yourself, how often does it happen when there are no cameras around? Uh, how often does really fine police work, heroic police work happen when there are no cameras around? The more we can understand about the structure of policing, paramilitary, bureaucratic, uh, isolated, insulated from the communities uh, that these officers serve, the better off we'll be. And to recognize, I think, that it is structure that produces culture. And it's culture that gives rise to behavior. Should it cause us in every instance to look beyond the one episode, the one incident? Um, you know, from benign to, to traumatic and to, and to ask ourselves what's contributing to this. Um, workplace culture, the cop culture is very powerful, very tenacious. Uh, indeed, uh, you'll hear police officers say, I'd rather be uh, uh, tried by 12 than carried by six. Uh, that's a horrible cliche, but I sure understand it. And my question really of, of of those interested in changing police work is what do you know about the culture? What is it that you can come to know about the culture? And what are you gonna do to make sure you understand it? Because we need the right prescriptions for what's happening today. Well, Norm Stamper found at normstamper.com. Thank you so much for being back on the show. It's just thrilling to have you on. Uh, with in light of everything that's been been taking place in this environment, um, you've been just you know such a outspoken and vocal advocate for things that are finally happening right now, um, and and you're certainly one of my heroes. So I look forward to hopefully you got another book coming out sometime. Um, but well, just thank you, thank I'm, you so I'm, much. I'm for writing everything. a novel. <laughs> Excellent. I look forward thank to seeing you. you. Well, you thank you so much yeah, for being on the you, show, and, and you you take care. I will. My pleasure. You take care as well. Thank you. Now we get to a weekly feature from him presented on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it is. The central conservative truth is that it is culture, not politics, that determines the success of a society. The central liberal truth is that politics can change a culture and save it 
from itself. And that is American politician, sociologist, and diplomat Daniel Patrick Monahan. That includes this installment of Hampers in on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on a journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong. Strong, stand tall, toke it easy. And don't forget that the Hemp Present theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.